so we were just talking about reading and my challenge with reading, we have like, you know, so I get up early, like mm -hmm. 4 a.m., go to the gym, come back home. If it's school time, get the kids out the door, all that stuff. I work, et cetera, dinner, et cetera. Where's my time to read? If I do read, then it's this not selfish activity, but it's like, okay, family who haven't seen, you know, I've been working all day, don't see them. Then kids go to bed. Now here's X amount of time to be with Lindsay, my wife. That's that could be the reading time. Reading is a single person activity, not single as in like you're not with someone. Turn out one hour a day right before going to sleep. And my husband's like, do you want to watch a show? I love watching this shows going so... to sleep. I'm like, put it on. My headphones are in. I was like, I, I don't know. I that would be, it. we're, we're getting like Dr. Time. Phil. That'd be like, there's like, yeah, an argument or something. And my, no, my, like, it's I'm pretty, not talking like, to you for an hour. Cause he puts on something we've always seen. So it's not like mm, I'm okay. missing out on something. Um, but I do, I do feel like, and especially since being pregnant all year, like I just know this countdown of my time is happening. Oh, and so I've yeah. actually started a chart on, I have a whiteboard over here. I think I'm on like 25 books so far this year. And I think we're on week 26. So at least I've been, I've been reading about a book a week with headphones, you know, audiobook. Um, but yeah, audio books are the key, Andrew. Yeah. Audio book at one drive. and a half Maybe speed. Drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something. But it, I enjoy music when I drive. Like that's like my, yeah, that, that is an something. escapism for me. Yeah. You have to sacrifice. There's only so I, much time. So we need 28 hour days, I guess. We do. I'm a, I will say, I don't listen to it. Weirds people out. I don't really listen to music. Like I can't mm. listen to background music when working. It just, I need to focus. So it's my, yeah. I have to have, if it's music on while working, it has to be music. I know very well. Otherwise I sit there and like, Oh, I really like that drum part or, Oh, the bass guitar and that, Oh, the whatever instrument, whatever. I'll just sit there and like, shoot, it's been 20 minutes. I've been listening to music versus actually working. So it has to be. Here we go. Musical soundtracks that I know because mm -hmm. that's like two hours or like a playlist that's like 10 years old at this point that I keep adding like a song to maybe once a week. Mm. Well, that was like going to the gym. I had to have the same playlist too. I was like, oh, same. Just, mm -hmm. like, I don't want to ex like explore. And because when I would listen to audiobooks 100%. going to the gym, it was too distracting. Like, like one oh, of them, yeah. I read the hunger games and like, she's like, I volunteer. And I'm just like trying not to sob while at the, I was like, I'm not doing like, this ever again. Get ready to spot a bunch of weight. You're like, yeah. why am I crying right now? Yeah. No audiobooks for me at the gym. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. All right. Well, uh, let's get started. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 290. I am the ad doctor, Andrew Peake, and with me today is Julie Jarnigan and Jackie Lipinski. Hello, everyone. We're here. Guys. G By the time yeah. this comes out, GA4 is, that's our life now. Mm -hmm. Google Analytics yeah. 4 is our life. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's been our life for a while and mm -hmm. there will be more and more changes to it, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Could be sarcasm. We don't have to that. see that. We don't, yeah. the we don't have countdown. to see the countdown yeah. anymore. We're done with the countdown soon. That's good. Praise the Lord. I, I'm still, I'm not looking forward to people going, oh, I didn't know this was coming because I think that's exactly what Google is trying to say is you, you have no excuses at this point. Yeah. It sort of reminds me some people's reaction. It's like, you know, I'm in Florida. There's a hurricane every year that's going to like be our doomsday. 
um, timer. And, you know, unfortunately there are like real situations, but where I'm at in Tampa, it's always like, Hey, Kevin, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Why I lose power for a week. Sure enough, like nothing happens. This is what it goes. And so some people, they, I think there's a name for it. I know the name for it. I, I can't remember. You over-prepare. We talked about the before. We talked yeah. about it. And after a while, you start to not do anything. So I think there's almost two camps to GA4. Those who have been ready, they have everything taken care of. Like they're over-prepared. They're ready to go. And this other side, it's like, wait, when is it coming? You're like, <laughs> mm, maybe it really won't affect you because if you're not in the analytics all the time, who really cares at the end of the day if GA, GA3 is gone and now it's GA4? That's not really the best way to approach it. That's yeah. that's wrong. But it seems to be like almost polarizing with people that are 100% ready and beyond and those who are like on the fence. Like, I think I made the property. It's like, okay, like let's, you should have had that going already. I thought I had the term in my phone. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's just you prepare so well that no one sees it as it wasn't yeah. chaotic. So you're fine. And so people like underwhelm it. I have been, I've been really proud of some marketers who I'll jump on the call and I'm like, you know, how are you feeling in J4? Yeah. I went to the GA4 training. I've been watching these videos. You know, I tried building out this and I'm like, you've got it. You know, I know you're checking it weekly. I know you're feeling comfortable. You're asking the right questions. And then even this week I had someone go, uh, I was like, okay, how are you feeling in J4? And they're like, wait, when is that coming out? In like three days, it's going to be mandatory. And, it, and they're like, wait, what? And because they're, um, they're utilizing different elements to grab their data. For example, we have Looker Studio reports and that's really wonderful that you're looking at your reports, but you also have to look at the sources sometimes. And I think oh, that's sure. what catches people is they forget to, to check their sources and do a little extra homework, at least once a month in their own data and analytics to, yeah, uh, I think I ranted a while ago where like, depending on your title, you should kind of look at the dashboards you create or mm -hmm. viewer you, you create, we create for you. Um, but really you shouldn't be like the dashboard is just a dashboard. You're driving your car. Here's my gas. Here's how, how fast I'm going. Here's how far I could drive with the uh, you know, mileage, all that. But we're not drivers. We're the mechanics. We're the, we're the team yeah. working on it's the car. It's the snapshot summary that you send yeah. forward and you are in the back end. You're right, fixing the end. Everything. But it's the perfect timing if you're not comfortable in yeah. analytics. You Everybody's well start starting fresh now. So you might as well start on GA4 and just jump mm -hmm. in and learn it there. See, you you have nothing to compare it to. So if you're not comfortable yeah. in there, now now is your time. <laughs> yeah, agreed. And that'll be my quick story time. Um, I've been pushing the limits of what I know in Google Tag Manager um, with this GA4 implementation. You know, we, have, we work with quite a few builders. They could be working with any of the top, say, three or four web development agencies. I think we all know the names, O'Neill, Builder Designs, Graphical Language, et cetera, et cetera. Or they're working with a local business who happened mm -hmm. to get the, get the contract to build out the website. So they're all quite different. And so with that said, creating events in Google Tag Manager to track conversions, to track form submissions, is different from builder to builder, especially in these like kind of oddball scenarios. So with me, it's interesting, like today, I'm like, why am I not using chat GPT? Like it just dawned on me, like I'm doing this stuff, like, and I know what to ask, which is that that's the, the shortcut. That's a secret for chat GPT. Really in the end of this AI tech is that mm -hmm. you have to know the prompting. You have to know at least what you want out of it. You can't be like, create an event and GA4 for this form. Like that's not going to work. You know, for me, I needed like a very particular 
regular expression to be written. It's not something I do every day, even though I can read it. I'm very familiar with it, but I just don't do it every day. So I lose that like fluency. So I'm like, let's go to chat GPT real quick after spending like 15, 20 minutes of like my head just like exploding. Like, I know I know how to do this. I've done more harder things than this. But again, the fluency, you very quickly lose that. So I'm like, chat GPT, take this string. And here's this rule set XYZ, 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 and write a regular expression. You know, pause this for a second, and then it starts spitting out what you need. I'm like, hmm, well, I'll be damned. I should have done that like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> and it worked and it worked perfectly. I added it to Google Tag Manager, audited it. Everything worked fine. So I'm like, oh, ChatGPT saved the day, saved me. I don't know, hours. I've used that same, the same not feature, but I've I've used ChatGPT chat GPT now three times today mm -hmm. um, on a Thursday, the 29th of June. So that saved me like three hours maybe of my life after I decided to use it. So thumbs up for chat GPT, if you know what to do with it. And if you yeah, really, you need to know the prompting. That's the biggest I, thing. I think that's also a life hack that a lot of marketers can realize. And we kind of have at do you convert as well. If you spend more than 15, 30 minutes trying to solve a problem, you need to find a different resource for that problem because you're just going to spin in circles. And, and we just know that it's, you have to loop someone else in, you have to use a different tool. Um, obviously you should have already Googled it. But, yeah. You can't sit there. You, like, yeah. Much, yeah. I can't, I'm trying to turn the car on. It's just going eventually like you need to get something different. Like it's not going to work whether you call someone else who knows more than you or like, let me try something else. Let me try something else. Eventually you run out of your own um, tools in your tool bag, you need to go to someone else who has you know, the full set of whatever you're looking for. In this case, ChatGPT, I knew the prompting exactly what I needed. And with it was like maybe two minutes in ChatGPT to get the answer I wanted. I'm like, sick. This is amazing. Let's do it again. So there's my story. Jackie, what do you got? Or Julie, whoever wants to. I, I, I think mine will flow into Julie's really well because um, I've also have some fun feedback uh, regarding her, because I like look to her little notes, but mine was um, explaining the why behind your marketing strategies and having clarity behind it. And what I mean by that is I had a call um, with a marketer and they're like, Hey, this community is really struggling. I've explained to my team what we're doing, but it's not clicking. It's not. Um, and, and maybe it's them not explaining it. Well, sometimes it's just a potentially pushy sales manager. They just want to hear it from a different source. Um, so I jumped on another 30 minute call with that struggling communities, sales manager and the marketer. So we can look at it as a team to, to understand what we're doing. And, um, and it was funny because their feedback was, I think we need to add these search terms. I think we need to add these search terms. And now it's been about a week and those search terms are not, we did it to show them that we didn't think that those would work because we have these other strategies in place that are working very well, but let's see how that goes and provide yeah. feedback. And so we did that and it's not working, which is what we assumed, but sometimes we need to prove with data. But the bigger story there is sometimes you just need to make sure you have people on your team who are also sharing that same message and your goals. So this marketer built the story. She built the why she explained the why, but it just wasn't processing. And when we jumped on and explained and went into detail and depth about also, and showed, you know, the data behind it, it was, I think a little light bulb of, oh, okay, no, we, we do, I do understand. And we explained, this is a, this is a process and it's a 60 day process. And here's 
what we're trying to prove and disprove at each step over the next 60 days. And I think that was really eye-opening. So the, the moral of the story is making sure there is clarity behind the why of your strategy, because if things, as we know, second half of the year always gets a little like frantic for, for people who haven't been in the industry long on the ground sales, um, foot traffic usually reduces. We have to explain like what we're seeing, why we're seeing it historically, what we're seeing, what things we can improve and, and work as a team to solve problems and create more clarity in the messaging of, of what's happening when we're trying to identify specific problems, even definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And it Go makes ahead. me think of not that the, not that your coworkers are kids, but you think of like, as parents, we're telling our kids to do something and telling them you need to brush your teeth twice a day. You need to brush your teeth for two minutes and they don't listen. They don't listen. And then magically the dentist tells them, and then they're like, and they're excited. Yes. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. They may respect you and you may be doing a good job mm -hmm. telling it, but sometimes you just need an outsider to come in from a different direction and suddenly the light bulb goes off. So it helps to have those extra, you know, consultants, people in your back pocket, other experts, or even just the data. If you have the data, you know, if the data can do the job, it can't always, but sometimes they just need to hear it from somebody else. Agreed. Definitely. I agree. And, and let's be a, let's pretend like we're psychologists for a minute. I think a lot of these sales jumping into marketing's um, mm. arts and crafts time is driven by lack of confidence with the marketer. So like the root of this, not just like, oh, like we need more leads and it's like this like surface level thing. But I think it's a true, like they don't believe that marketer knows what they're doing. And that drives a fear for that person's paycheck being drastically affected, whether it's gone down or it should be more. So it's like this fear of like the opportunity cost of like, I could have two more sales per month, which is X, Y, Z in, in my paycheck, or I've lost two more sales and it's the marketer's fault, not the market's fault. So I think those two kind of could go hand in hand with like, if they're really trying to get in your, your Cheetos, whatever you want to say, like, mm -hmm. why are they looking at our keywords? Why are they asking about click-through rates? Like things that really are not their business. I don't know if that's strong to say, but like most marketers aren't like, is, hey, let me yeah. listen to your phone calls real quick when you follow up with those 20 leads that came in last month. I want to go through each one with you. Like that'd be extremely inappropriate, but sales going into like, let me look at your keywords. Why is that click through rate 8% versus 12%? Yeah. Why is that going on? And I think it's driven by, by those things, whether it could be a cultural thing as far as like sales has higher priority on the totem pole versus marketing. But I think there's could be like this deeper issue that all these things that we just talked about will build more confidence, build more confidence, yeah. or we call it street cred, street cred over time. And there could also just be like, you know, personalities clash. Like I don't get along with everybody. I'd I think like in to. this, I think we instance, all just we're different people. Sometimes that is. Yeah, in this instance, and and sometimes I see. I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head. Where it's just like, I'm worried that this person I'm I'm helping manage for this community is going to like quit. like I just need to know how to explain things to them too. And and there does need to be the clarity because marketing also does know need to know what's happening on the site and what the yeah. feedback is. So there does need to be a little like they need to be hands in each other's um, Cheeto be a bowl. Mutual Mutual but, trust and respect. Yeah, but no one should be co-managed. Like they're no micromanaging. Right. And so um, for this particular community, we did add those elements because we, it, nice. it was it was a bigger issue, but we did show the person with the data. We're like, hey, we have sent X amount of traffic, which is three times more than should be. And it's not a marketing attention problem. Like we, not to say we know what we're doing, but we know what we're doing. And here are other issues that we 
should work on as a team now. And so I think that helped them go, okay, like I know marketing is doing their job. Even if marketing explains, you're right. Like we're the dentist and we're saying like, we have, we, we know how to, you know, we're giving you instructions to, you have cavities and we need to address them. Your community has cavities. Like, like, why don't you believe me? Look at them. And then sure enough, like Jackie comes along, like, yeah, these are definitely cavities or Julie comes along. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like, thanks Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that, that, that is a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Julie, what do you got? Yeah. So I have a chat GPT story Ooh, too. I'm, I'm really like tired of talking about chat GPT, but we had a break for something... a little bit there. Yeah. We had like this four is something weeks. worth talking about. So I work with a freelance writer on just a little monthly project. We need some writing on. And one month I got it back and I was like, mm, this sounds very chat GPT ish. Mm. You know, I was like, mm. I don't know if I'm going to pay you know, yeah. somebody to just That's... pull it from chat GPT, but I had never no. like clearly told her, please don't do that. So the next month rolls around and I put in the thing, like, please don't just rely on chat GPT and here are the reasons we need something unique and fresh and, you know, all the reasons. Yeah. So I got, I got them back the next month, copied it, pasted it into chat GPT and said, chat GPT did you write this or did AI write this? And it said, yes, I wrote that. (laughs) Mm. So I don't know how um, Um, accurate that is, but I just want to say as more and more this comes out, it's a great tool, but there's times to use it and times not to rely on it. And there's times that people can see through when it's not written by a human. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you also need to be very clear on that. You know, if, if you don't want it to be used or used in a certain way, or maybe, yeah, you can use it to write a headline or closing or whatever. But if you, you know, if there's reasons you don't want it all to come from GPT, just be very clear about that. And then also go back and check it. I can't, I don't know a hundred percent if chat GPT knows what it wrote and didn't write. You would think it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just an issue I ran into. So keep that in mind as you're, as you're working with people, because um, there's no reason to pay people to type in, please write a blog post about this and it no, spits it out. <laughs> not at all. What's funny is we didn't, we don't plan our stories. I think by now everyone kind of knows how we operate. Like <laughs> my story isn't even on like our notes, which usually we're like, Hey, Andrew, do you have a story? You can put something yeah. up there, like a word or something. Yeah. I just kept it neck in my head, but that, I think we just talked about, here's an example of like ChatGPT perfect use. I needed a regular expression written for Google tag manager, like very specific thing. Um, Julia just talked about like headline ideas. I think that is perfect. Like very short copy, rewrite this headline five times, make it more exciting, make it more Mm -hmm. corporate, make it more emotional, whatever word you want to use and you'll get a different response. But like to take and rewrite this entire article, uh, no. Yeah. And especially for like a vendor, if you're paying someone to write things for you, is that, I don't want to say fraud. That sounds so accusatory and such a big word, but it's like, I paid you to write it, not ChatGPT. So it gets definitely, yeah. But I've seen those articles um, written out there. They just run in circles. It's like, it doesn't say anything, but it says enough to like get by. To me, they're so obvious. You You can can spot them. I'm sure you had emails where you're like, why did this person write to me in this weird way? That's not Mm -hmm. how they are. Like, I, I think I'm maybe not super casual. Like I'm professional with my emails, but I'll usually have certain emojis I definitely use or smiley faces, whatever. That's definitely something I do. 
There's the but human all of a sudden, element I don't do it. Like, hmm, what's for emails. Like? Yeah. Even I, I think Google half the time is like, oh, here's a suggested response. I'm like, doesn't sound like me. Don't yeah, know why I thought that, that was me. But yeah, I, I think to go along with Julie's, we were talking earlier, I have a, a builder partner. I met with the leader. They were saying their marketers using ChatGPT and it's bothering them because everything sounds too broad. Oh. Yeah, that's nice. And I was like, okay, uh, again, going back to the clarity, I was like, oh, and what did you say when you talked to them? Oh, we haven't talked about it. I'm like, you can't, you can't you do that. Like Julie re- addressed this person and said, this is not, these expectations of what I need from you are not happening. And, and I need the human element and that human element's missing. And you don't want to miss that human element. Um, and I think there's been confusion too, of like Google positively or negatively reads uh, chat GPT and computer, um, AI copy and how it read, you know, so don't ever take that hundred percent and paste it. Like you have to, you can use it for inspiration. Like you used it for a little like help or crutch, but you really do need to add the human element back into all of these things that you are doing, even if it's chat GPT esque or, um, but I will say it does seem to help a lot of people with like writer's block, which oh, is, for sure. is a nice start. Like, Imagine you're submitting to the Builder Show a submission and you want 20 different headlines to just give you some idea. Like, oh, this is, that is a perfect use for it. And you could put like, the audience is this, the topic is this, and it just pulls in words that are closely related to say marketing and online sales and and all that. So yeah, use it, but don't abuse it. There you go. It even rhymes. So let's go on to the news. Um, First one from our very own Jen Barkin. The evolution of online sales and tattoos. What did y'all think about this one? I, you know, it's such a good story. It's such a good story. She said for years, she was looking for this tattoo and how it was just a personal um, experience, how the person really prepped her properly. And I think it just, you know, I think we go back to the model homes is just, we make a lot of assumptions and people want to be more prepared, especially when they're making the choice for the the rest of their life. Um, so having the OSCs and her tattoo person, like follow up, send information, here's what to expect. Here's how long it'll take. And really clarifying the steps in the process, um, creates for a better experience. So I, I really liked how she was able to compare those, um, two experiences. And I love how she was bring, Jen's always great on the podcast and bringing stories back. Um, so I, I really enjoyed the story. Yeah. I think this was a podcast story, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. About six to eight weeks ago. And it's back to like the human touch of it all and the chat GPT. It's the same for OSCs. You know, you are our human touch out there when people are reaching out to the builder and it just makes, I think people sometimes underestimate how important it really, it really is. So, and it's fun. I get to be on, um, a meeting with, you know, Jen and Mike and the whole sell side about their content and their blog posts. And it's always like, oh, marketing, we're writing another blog post about GA4 and they're writing blog post about tattoos and their dogs. <laughs> I, like it. I was I like, we need this to balance out our nerdy, boring yeah. stuff. I mean, we, we try <laughs> to make it not boring, but you know, GA4, it's only so exciting. So it's, it's fun so to go in and read all the, all the online sales stuff. Cause it, um, it can I was going to, I mean, I was even going to make fun of Andrew a little here when he's talking about regular <laughs> expressions. I'm like, uh, and we've lost knows what that means. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> 4% okay. of people listening are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it's, uh, yeah, that is, that is so true. Yeah. Um, but tattoos. Yeah. I think it's good for, um, 
maybe it's just something in my brain. I'm, I'm wired all weird or something. But like, I, I got my most recent tattoo like a year ago. It was like mm -hmm. eight hours of time. But like, that was extremely nervous for one. Like, I didn't even do eight hours. It was split into different sessions. But like, as far as the excitement, nervousness, um, mental bandwidth that kind of took up, wasn't necessarily at the level of a of buying a home because I was like, okay, here's the deposit we needed for KB. Like, I'm going to see that leave the checking account when we wire that. Oh boy, that's that's a commitment. We have to do all these things. So it's all these logistics is kind of like what where my mind went to. But the the anxiety and just mental bandwidth, like it's on your mind, like, oh, my tattoo appointment's in a week. Mm -hmm. Or like, ooh, we're going to see the model home on Saturday. This might be our our home. Like where we're going to, we plan to be there for the next, you know, 12 years is now the average. Like we're going to be there for a while. Like my child is, let's see, just had a birthday at six, like 12 years. Oh man, she'll be out of the house like this. Oh my goodness. Like, so there's all this emotion that like, that we have to kind of process through, let alone just like, who do I talk to when I get there? Will they yeah. be welcoming? Will it be like Burger King or will it be like Chick-fil-A? Like all these, it's new to us. It's new to all the buyers. So that's really what what I got out of Jen's article was like, treat it like it's a tattoo appointment. Like, mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, it varies how big it is. But like, that's such a tiny financial commitment compared to buying a home. And yeah, like, but it's a commitment, it not is a, a financial commitment. commitment it's but not, it's a but commitment. it's a commitment. You're stuck with it for a little bit, but which, which is interesting. Like as you get more, I have three tattoos. As you get more and more, like the care for like that, I'm stuck with it. Mm -hmm. Definitely lessens, just like buying a home, like, We'll be on our third home next. We'll be our next third. I don't know when, but like, I'm not nervous. I'm excited for it. I don't know when it will be because right now, like it's definitely not in the budget because what we want would be a bigger home with a single floor, like pool and all that sort of thing. But I'm like, oh, it's not, not as big deal because of the third one. I think the same type of thing happens. So if you're a first time home buyer, second time move up, like that's definitely something to consider even more is like, what will these people be thinking and feeling? And can we have marketing? to support it or can, is it this truly like the human side needs to be 90% of it, which I think that's really what it is. Like Julie yeah. just said, the human element. I'm going to, I'm going to push forward on my favorites, but I'll come back to it. Do it. But if anyone needs a really, and I think this Jen story really goes along with this. Last night I watched the bear B E A R season two. I think it's episode seven. It's called forks. Yeah. And this person the episodes around this person shadowing one of the most um, high-end restaurants in Chicago and yeah. talks about how the restaurant treats their customer service. And the same thing, I was like, wow, this is about this one is person's awesome. dinner experience. And these people go above and beyond and listen, they like listen to all the comments, they make notes and they put in their CRMs, you know, like they, they have this built-in experience. And they talk about the the whys of why they do it and what gets them excited. And it's about, you know, hospitality. And I think this, the OSCs too, it's, it's sort of about this hospitality where we sometimes are the, they're the first interaction a lot of customers have. And so we really want to over-educate them, get them excited, um, just treat them. So like, this is a, get them excited for the appointment, get them excited for the house. Same with the tattoo. And so, um, yeah, it would be a really good, like read this article. Yeah. Watch I don't that think you need to watch episode. the whole, yeah. If you don't want to watch the whole watch show, it. just watch that episode. It's, and it's yeah, really, yeah. um, really awesome how they portray that. Yeah. It, it definitely fits certain brands and we'll, we'll, we'll go into the next one. Cause I think yeah. we're beating this one up, 
Um, it's almost like, so we just talked about like music versus podcasts. Like to me, I really enjoyed, I love music. And when I'm listening to any song and I, and every kind of music I will always listen to, I'm like, okay, what did this artist want me to feel with this song? What were they going through? Why did they write this? What, why did they choose that word over this word? Like all these, the intentionality of the music is what I get out of it. So the hospitality reference for that, every moment has such intention to have this experience be like, I'm not going to use any four letter words right now, but this will be the best beep dinner this person is going to have this year, the next five years, whatever it may be like that expectation as far as like, that's what I want this person to feel. So depending on your brand and and like who you, you market to and all that, that could be like, we want this buyer. This will be the best home buying experience they will Mm -hmm. have in their entire life. And so then that changes like priorities and just things that you would be like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. It's like, no, 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 no. Those really just changes your expectation from the get go. And that kind of solves not everything, but if that is, this will be the best experience they ever have buying a home or really in general, like this year, then that that solves all the discussion as far as what should we do or not do. The clarity is there with the company. It's a principle. We are, yeah. And like had Ted Lasso, like believe, like we need, if you need to stick a sign on your wall so everyone sees it, so the messaging is there, do it. Do it. So. I love All right, it. what's the next one we have here? Oh, the next one. All right, feelings gone. Here we go. <laughs> this is from searchengineland.com. Google Universal Analytics historical data will be available until July 1st, 2024. Here. So we have Universal Analytics will stop tracking data on the 1st. Is that mm-hmm. Saturday? Yes. Why would they pick Saturday ter- of the July 4th no. weekend? They're, no, they're not patriotic. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, they should have changed it to American. Labor Day. I don't know. Um, some other some other date, like when the internet was invented. I don't know, something fun. But that's the date they chose. So on that date, if you're in GA3 or Universal Analytics, tracking will go from whatever you are seeing per day to, to nothing. And then we'll have that data for another year. I... I don't, I mean, we look at year over year data, but as far as, is it that big a deal? I'd be hard pressed to feel like this, like is something you should be concerned about. It is good to have that data, but that should be like, okay, if we're making a decision, where should we put budget this for, mm-hmm. for the month of July? Looking at last year's data in particular for the, the market right now. I don't, I mean, if it was, we had normal times from like 2018, 1920, and there's nothing that really changed. There wasn't the pandemic. There wasn't the crazy interest rate fluctuations. Yeah. But right now in this environment, I'm like, we can't really use 2022 data anyways. Yeah. For our market, with it? I, I think the historical data is always valuable because our markets are so, you know, cyclical with the seasons. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I mean, once it does roll out, we'll at least have, have ideally a year over year with GA4 to yeah. compare. Um, but it, it's kind of nice to like clean the slate too. Of like, okay, we're starting yeah, fresh. I'm excited. For um, because it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I've been having meetings, even though I wrote an article about why there's no cost per lead industry average number and you have to use your own data. There's still people who are like, well, I just, you know, I want to, I want to compare to everyone at all times with everything. And it's like, remember your data is always going to be the best to review off of. And even the, and the most recent year, year like we'll go into Google analytics we usually don't do many, many years of, um, of comparison because those aren't relevant. And, um, and even the cost of your house or the interest rates, like those, those aren't really reflective of this small window of time we're working in currently. So I think for our industry, 
um, and what the article says is there are resources that we will be able to use to back up the data, which will be, I think, beneficial and everyone should do. But in terms of how aggressively we'll use past data moving forward, you know, I think just this month, July 1st, 2023 to next year is, is where we're going to just start fresh and it'll be better. Agreed. Agreed. I think some data that is outside of GA um, that you'd want to have is you know cost mm. per sale and then yes. your own internal cost per lead, however you want to do the math on that. But that's good to track. Like say you had that from 2019. All right. Our marketing cost per sale went from 800 to 2000 mm. you know, per home, just like simple Facebook, Google syndication, et cetera, whatever you want to do, just keep it consistent. Then how many sales do we have that year? or that month and just track that over time. I think that's important to have. Um, Agreed. Shows, there's all these variables that affect it. So it's not yeah. like it's only marketing, but it's like, interesting. I was going to say so one variable that might also be interesting to track is like, well, what was the cost per home? Like what was the average house say like cost oh, to, and then like a percent of that versus. Yeah. Might so, be overkill, but yeah. I think it, I, well, I think that just have those quick little snapshots, sometimes it looks scary. And that's what some builders are like, Hey, my cost per lead went up exponentially. It's like, well, yeah, like here, here's why. And they go, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's but, almost like the, it's like your own internal, um, big Mac index. Like, all right. So we have minimum wage oh, yeah. and we have the cost of a big Mac. They're not related. Some would say they are, but they're, it's not causation. So if we could afford with minimum wage 3.1 big Macs 10 years ago, maybe it was six. So you go, okay, well, like what's happening here? I think the same thing could be done internally as far as we went from $800 per home per sale to 1200, but look, it's actually, you know, we went from 1% to 0.8%. So while it is more expensive, we're actually doing better. And as always think about who you're sharing that data with internally yeah. could be you or you and your, sometimes that, that number is just going to throw off certain people in your company and get them down a path they don't need to be down. So sometimes track it and you know what it is and you share it with the people that understand it and it's relevant to, but you don't need to go share it. Yeah. yeah don't just say, the here's time. the numbers. <laughs> like you need to build the story. And I think that's where a lot of builders, just the clarity of messaging and the story building behind the data is sometimes just, just as valuable as the data itself. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Well, another one from search engine journal. Um, Google is in hot water, billions at stake as YouTube ads found to violate terms of service. Um, so this one's interesting. If you set up a YouTube campaign, there is a checkbox that is pretty obvious. It says other networks, other display networks, other video networks, and YouTube. So you have two boxes. It's almost like if you set up a search campaign for Google.com, there's a button that depends on how you create the campaign. It will show your ads on the display network, so not search campaigns. So it's almost like you're leaving a setting on. And so Wall Street Journal reports that 80% of YouTube ads violate terms of service, potentially costing Google billions in refunds. Um, so the issue is that ads are being shown outside of youtube.com. They're muted, they're beneath the fold, they're almost hidden, yet Google is still charging for those. Now they have a lower cost per CPM, so cost per 1,000 impressions that they're shown compared to YouTube. So I don't know. I don't know if this is a um, everyone sucks here scenario or is YouTube the ones in the wrong or is the user who left the button check the one in the wrong? I don't know if this goes to court. I don't know if it will mm -hmm. or will or not. What 
the court would decide. It's not like it's 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 not very hidden, the button. It's not like you have to go out of your way to find it. It yeah. is right there when you create the campaign. If you go to campaign settings, it is right there. Um, reporting is relatively easy to find this information. Um, did y'all find anything? I mean, it's, it's a relatively short article. Um, the Wall Street Journal one had a bit more. Um, but you're like, okay, is I, this just I think hating that, on YouTube? And Google? Yeah, I don't some of the know. things the article talked about is, you know, when when a company puts out an ad, they have expectations of where it's going to show. And there are some things where it was even like the U.S. Army ads were found on websites that were questionable, like that would spend misinformation because you just have the sections of like, oh, ads can show here, um, pirated content. So I think it was just, hey, we are being represented on websites we do not want to be represented on and the expectations were not set properly. So I don't know. I feel like it is and everybody kind of sucks because situation because there's I, I don't. And how many people have ever read the terms of service of something, you know, like zero, I, like attorneys who want to sue and yeah. make money on it. That's who they, yeah. that's who um, reads it or wall street journal who wants traffic. And that's where Google had a response. Google said the report used unreliable sampling and proxy methodologies to essentially wow. get this, get this claim. So they're questioning like, well, cool. You have your data, which this is great. We should all be skeptical of any data that we see. Google's going like, it's unreliable. Your data is wrong. You can't, you cannot have the data for all of our advertisers. That's ours. Like there's no way you could get that. So you go, okay, there's some validity to that. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I don't know if people will see refunds applied to the account. It'll be interesting if it's like, here's your $4, thanks. I feel or like it'll be, here's your $4,000. Yeah, whatever. they might spin it as, you now have a surplus of this money to use again. Yeah. So it's more like we won't- It'll definitely be a credit. But it'll be a credit. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, which it, I mean- We'll we're spending it anyways. So, Julie, have anything for this one? Yeah, no, I think y'all covered it all. It was mostly the the accounts they were looking at were the huge accounts, were the yeah. Coca Colas and McDonald's and all all of that. Um, so, I don't think that any builders have spent thousands on these terrible. You know, maybe they have. It depends what they're doing. But um, yeah. most of you, they were looking at the the big ones. Um, but yeah, just. Pay attention if you don't understand something. I think what it was is to how they were wording it. It looked like that they had audited where it would be for quality. Like it's only on mm -hmm. these other side quality high. Um, and that wasn't necessarily the case. So yeah, yeah it it just looks bad on Google. And Google yeah. may get dinged because of it. But we'll see. I don't know. The headline was a little dramatic. I don't yeah. I don't think it's going to like bring down Google like the headline seemed to think no. it was. Coffee for Google. Yeah, we were talking about Google the other day, just like the power, you know, as we're setting up side note to GA4, if you're setting up conversions, they should be named a certain way to take advantage of giving Google more data for them to better target the right person. So if every we they call it a standard event, I think Facebook uses the exact same language or their you know, default events. So if every builder in the United States and North America, everywhere in the whole world, set up their events 100% the same, Google now has a live pulse on every new lead in home building, if you think about it, like because they're being sent the data. That's pretty powerful. I mean, that's insane. Like we have, you know, home builder data as far as the, the not the snapshot, but the, the aggregate data from 100 plus builders. Well, this would be like every builder everywhere real time it'd be very cool so they have a lot of data at their fingertips um that this is just a side note but like thinking about that like oh like that's that's pretty powerful stuff right there yeah. um, mm -hmm. more than facebook more than anybody 
anywhere. Real life data as far as, you know, leads coming in for home building. So, okay. Yeah. So they're going to be scrutinized and they should be scrutinized. Oh, for sure. You they know, it's be. a good thing when people start looking into this stuff. But. Yeah. Great power, great responsibility. Mm -hmm. yep. Spider-Man. Like <laughs> Last one here from the buildersdaily.com. Buyers now can swap an old home for a new home on the same site. So I read this one three times. <laughs> it, it is a me, little. It took it me three times little, to read it. Okay. Um, there's, yeah, it, it just was written not the way my brain operates. I'm so glad reason. you say that because okay, I good. also am like, this is Because if Julie agrees be... and Julie has written a lot of, a lot of darn books. Yeah. I'm I'm yes, crazy. I'm sure a lot of people like his style of writing. So I'm not, I'm sure he's an excellent writer, but like, it's just not super, you have to really be in it all the way. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> it was good, but it took me a to while. I'm like, what am I missing? What am I missing? Why does this warrant an article? Um, and this sounds like potentially negative, but I, I was going at it. Like I read it. I'm like, I'm missing something. I felt like Tom Hanks in so, big where they're all around the conference <laughs> room. He's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, why do we want a, a building that turned into a transformer? I don't get it. So, yeah, and it took me I, a while. Like, did I miss something, or this is really just teardowns and and this putting is teardowns? But instead of um, you know, just an on your lot builder coming in, this is more of a production kind of scenario, but on infill with a house with a teardown. So it's much more. They guarantee so production um, your timelines. Okay, your your timeline. Um, they guarantee um, that it's going to be done in twelve months. And then just how they're doing the production and marketing and all that, it's more like a production builder than just an on-your-lot builder. Okay. Um, and it makes more sense for, it's a, it's a lot of these areas that just there are no more home sites to be mm -hmm. found. Like we yeah. can't go in, buy a piece of land, create a community. So what they're doing is they're going in, um, finding a home buyer who has a house they've outgrown, but they're in the perfect location and there's no other options anywhere. Yeah. So then they're going in, simplifying it by like here there's customization but here's your floor plans here's your here's what we can do here's what it's going to cost here's when you can okay. get in and going and doing it so i think really the takeaway for me is um as things change and shift sometimes the opportunities are kind of outside of the normal box like you have to look at what are we dealing with we're dealing with this area that there's no land no you know um, a shortage of housing these people are outgrowing their homes and nowhere to go. And so they came up with the solution for how to um, how to profit off of that and mm -hmm. how to kind of um, process it that um, they could do it instead of just being a one-off here and there. Definitely. Makes sense. So they essentially made it to be much more approachable because it's reliable. They stuck with 12 months because they assume most people can get a 12-month lease. Uh, on a home and they're not committing to this longer lease where they go month to month and the rate changes. They could, they were locking in mm -hmm. their building certainty of like, all right, here's your lease 4,000 times 12. You have 48,000 that you're having for the house. You already own your land. So that house you thought is a million dollars. We could actually build it for 800 or whatever, 700. I don't I have no idea. So they're the person who has the house is like, Oh really? This is, we have a perfect home, perfect location. And here's my set price and it's certain and they're guaranteeing all these things. Maybe there's things in the contract where they, they assist if they're outside of this guarantee window. Okay. That's why, that's what I thought it was, but I'm like, there's gotta be something more. <laughs> uh, but I'm like, that's actually a really big deal for someone who has the perfect home, the perfect location. Yeah. There's no more land available. I'm thinking like we, there's definitely 
builders who, you know, I'm down here, Pinellas County, um, St. Pete area. There's not much land at all, like yeah. at all, but there are perfect locations where like, if you could build a house over there, the zoning as far as the schools, the, the zoning, as far as building, like what can be commercial, not commercial, like that will always be a solid area guaranteed unless something insane happens. Um, so building a bigger home, like is a good investment. It's like you're, you will never outgrow the neighborhood. Certain and areas. I think they're targeting to, you know, potentially people who've had their homes for a long time where when you pay, you know, it's like, like I, you might not even have a mortgage on it anymore. It's yeah. like, okay, well now I can afford to build up for my needs. They talk about multi-gen houses and, you know, living with the grandparents and just the, the changes that are needed in the houses now too. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely interesting of standardizing kind of that opportunity of info lots. Definitely. I would love to see like the, the numbers on this, if it, if it makes sense, like you bought your home 20 years ago, you paid mm-hmm. 200,000 for it. It's now worth 700, which, or, or more, cause you're in an ideal area where there's not much land. So now you have XYZ and equity. We got to tear that house down. Mm. You're like, shoot, I have to sacrifice my equity because it's gone. Because the house is gone. I guess like the reason there's, yeah, yeah. I'm but just I curious. think that's what they're saying curious. is the values in the location. The location. And location. Like, what... Who cares if we're at seven, you're putting a $2 million house on it. Like it's, it has to be that drastic. Maybe not that drastic, but you're not going from a $700,000 house to $800,000 house. It's much, much bigger than that. But yeah, so, fun article. I, I enjoy have... the challenge. 500 build sites, Northern California, Southern California, Pacific Northwest, Colorado, and Arizona. Yeah. I was going to say, it makes sense for Pacific Northwest. I mean, there's a lot of companies here who are just like specializing in DADUs, detached uh, dwelling units. And it's just like, here's the opportunity for you to make more money in your house. Just do this with, you know, if you're not utilizing your yard, let's make this happen for you. So yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, we um this is not an article, but we could put the links up. We were talking internally just about Airbnb um mm. and rates going down. And it was interesting, like two different data sources, one two different stories entirely. Um one showed like these massive drops, like 30, 40 percent in revenue um for Airbnbs. And like you're like, ooh, that's an issue because there's a lot, at least I know a lot of people who personally they're buying they've been buying homes for years. And they want them as Airbnbs because they're making more money versus a long-term rental. And they have it set up enough where they have like, they have like, you know, five, five or six cleaners on, on tap and it works. They have it systemized. I'm like, man, if their revenue dropped 40%, like they're upside down on all their properties that are financed. Ooh, that's an issue. Then I dug deeper and I found someone else who had it where like, actually they're down like 5%. So more of the story, this isn't related to the last article, but I'm like, what would he believe? Like it's it all individual. Like you yeah. just got to dig into the data sources, I think, for, for anything. Because I think that's what Julie was saying, too, about the other article is like these headlines that people try to get are obviously there for a purpose. Yeah. Um, but even you had mentioned like in the one that says, oh, down 40 percent. You're like, OK, well, they mentioned a place in Florida that is not popular and doesn't it's deserve to be on, this on list. the list. This is insane. Yeah. Like makes, Lakeland, Florida, if you're if you're listening, you're, you're from down here. Mm-hmm. So cool. Well, well, that's it. Let's go on to our favorites, Julie. You're okay, up. your turn. My, you better have one. My favorite, and this is not an advertisement. Um, I'm getting excited about the summit. Like we've been talking yeah. internally oh, man, about 
planning. Is that what you were going to say? No, but um, that's, I feel like that's an easy about one. It's easy. planning and booking and what we're going to do and who's going to be there. And so I think it's about this time of year that we all, well, I don't know. Andrew starts checking flights in like oh, January. Yeah. This is how you make vacations <laughs> and trips last longer. Like you start planning a year in advance. You look at the flights and you're like, oh, I'm so excited. And we get it, up. Like and right after again. Builder's show, Andrew will be like, have you looked at flights for Summit yet? And I'm like, no, I haven't. Uh, February, you weirdo. What is wrong with you? There's a few more <laughs> out there. I am getting excited that like now. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll pick it back. Yeah. I'm super excited mm -hmm. for the Summit. Um, Dallas, um, this year, 300. It's going to be the biggest yeah. summit, summit we've ever had. Fun. Also the biggest team for DYC. We're all coming out. Yeah. Um, that's me, a lot of us. That, oh, except that, for Jackie. We're sorry, Jackie. Oh, yeah. That's Jackie. okay. We're going to set up one of those. Can someone bring one of those iPad salespeople that are in model homes? I just want to yeah. roll. Yeah. I just Somebody bring her it, around. please. We'll pay oh for the Wi-Fi package. Contact. Just for if you don't have a big head, I'm going to be so like, I just need that like fake element of being there. Let's put you like in a closet, like put her in the corner over there. No one puts Jackie. Well, because I think it's really funny. Like I've even some people I, I'm, I'm still telling like, hey, I'm actually, but. I'm going on maternity leave, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> like, I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot." You're like, you just see me from like, yeah. From, like, I was my like, no one can you know? tell, so it makes sense. But oh, no, but yeah, I'm super excited. Um, yeah, I just start planning. I mean, it's it's nice. It's 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 good to see everybody. Yeah. Um, and let's see, do I have another exciting thing? I, I guess my current favorite, two of them, ChatGPT. Thank you. You're the you're the best today. Like, save me three hours today, and then. Mm -hmm. Now that it's like ingrained in my memory, I'm like, oh, why am I not using it more? Like we should, use, we should, I think we should all try to use it as much as we can just to see if it can help us do things more efficiently, not make the quality of work decrease. That's the only caveat. Like it needs to have mm -hmm. a better outcome yeah, or it needs to save you so much time that living with 90% of what you had before is totally okay. It's like one or the other. If it makes it worse, like the article example, like didn't save time because now we have to redo it made it worse now this this conversation it's awkward there's tension job performance like assessment mm -hmm. like that's not good terrible terrible use of it um the other one is have y'all seen the ninja creamy so ninja what? they make blenders oh okay right so ninja yes. blenders ninja no, i was like so lost when you i thought it was a tv that, but i'm on i'm You're on like, board what is this making it's not a favorite okay. but it it's a lot of people's favorite so it makes ice cream which oh. is like oh it's an ice cream maker but okay. it's ninja ease of use but they're 200 to $250, like depends on how big you get it. So you make, from what I've seen, like you make anything you want, you can make it like for me, like I can make it, you know, quote macro friendly. So it's like high protein, lower fat, it's dairy free. I can't do dairy. I could add in like, like if you're, you're gluten or you have celiacs, like you could add in like, all right, I'm making ice cream that I 100% know will fit with my body. And I'm like, oh, this seems appealing. Like, but it's, $250 for ice cream? Like, what the heck? Like, I don't need ice cream that much, but would I? I don't know. So I don't so know. So do you have one of these? Or you I don't have want, one. You're wanting one. But I've wanted one for a couple of weeks now. And I'm like, all right, if I still want one mid-July. So I gave myself a month okay. of like, do I still want this thing? It's saved to my, you know, save for later, like on Amazon, whatever it is. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm being I'm patient, you, which is not me. I've already said this. You make an Amazon list, a wish list. Mm -hmm. And you share it with your family for every single holiday because then that. they know. But you don't yeah. know what you're getting. It's just anything on there. Studies have shown no that I, I, I feel like I have to tell this story all the time. Studies show that what people want is what they ask for. Because I remember like getting gifts for my wedding 
and getting like this weird green giant bowl. And I was like, I live in a tiny apartment. Like this is not. This doesn't fit in my cabinets. Thank you. Um, And I was like, just get me the things on my list. And it's like, it just, you know, people listen at that point. So, so my favorite I'll go into was the team threw me a sprinkle and it was so, 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 so nice. (laughs) That's the second one, right? Yeah. Second one. Cause I was like, I I was like, I don't know what I need, but um, I, I got some little upgrades of things and um, I got this wagon that is, I push my, my son goes to daycare, like 10 houses away. It's awesome. Um, awesome. I can't really walk really well anymore because <laughs> I'm, uh, waddling <laughs> aggressively. You kind of like, yeah, I'm super, point, yeah. Jokingly bring it up every time. Um, but just, just those things that like, I, I think as not, not that I get older, but just as I think about things that make my life easier, easier, or, um, I, I appreciate the things that take the little speed bumps out of my day. And it was like pulling a wagon, but now I can push this wagon with, it has shocks. I'm like, this is awesome. And the same thing you were talking about ice cream mixer. I got this thing called the baby breeze of formula, uh, pro advanced dispenser, which is like a kind That's of a, a lot of words. Rest. Yeah. I just had to Google it. Um, <laughs> it's an, kind of like a coffee maker for formula. So, cause oh, I know I'm going to be up every three hours. What's going to make my life easier. And I think the same thing goes with like, that's the OSCs, right? Like, Hey, I just need someone to help me make my life easier when I know I'm going to be really, really stressed out. And yeah. like, you, you know, when buying a house, you're about to be stressed. You're, there are not going to be every moment's not a happy, blissful moment. Um, and so having those things that even incrementally improve your life, uh, is incredibly helpful when going through big life changes. So Anyway, I'll let you know how that goes. I haven't used it yet. Let me know how it goes. I feel like that's like, I remember like, you're not supposed to, are you supposed to microwave water? I don't know. Like you do after a while, right? It's not good because you burn. Oh, my first kid loved cold water. It was the easiest child in the world. I was like. But this, I'd imagine this makes it like perfect temperature. It's room temperature. Yeah. Like it makes perfect little bottles. And then, yeah, that sounds, if I ever had another child, which I'm not, um, that sounds amazing. Babysit this one. And if Jackie goes missing on the podcast. She's this might be the last one. I think yeah, I have one more in no, me. No, don't yeah. say that. Don't say you exactly. could, I mean, good. you could take she's an just... afternoon and like come back in. Like, oh my gosh, don't leave, make right? me do that. From yeah. the, a podcast if you, if you need live to see from people. the hospital, please. Yeah. <laughs> hey, first I, time for everything. Cut me open right now. That, oh, I will God. I will not have a favorite for that story for that podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> I made it. Favorite would be like a meal afterwards that you're like. Oh my God. I'm so looking forward to sushi. Like I already have the my phone, but that's, that's, that's a whole story. I come home I'm getting this sushi bowl thing that I've been wanting for. It better be as good as that. your expectations are for it. <sighs> I just, yeah, I've, I've hyped it up too much now. So it will be, it'll be interesting, but Man. awesome. Nice, Other nice. than that, last thing I want to plug Andrew, your webinar. Oh yeah. The webinar, which the is webinar. in TYC all access. I think we'll be posting it be- it'll be live. on the social before and emailing it out before this is even released, but watch it. It's with Sarah and I, we go through all the little subtle changes that I think add up to be like, oh, I, I'm glad I watched it. It's like half an hour long. It's not a big deal. My favorite way, this is my favorites thing. Um, I cannot watch something on my computer because I want to watch it and work at the same time, yeah. which doesn't work. You can't do, you can't process that amount of things um, at one time. So I use it, what's it on your iPhone screen mirror? Like throw it on TV, get some popcorn or lunch, breakfast, coffee, whatever. And sit there and hang out, take notes. Um, 
you might feel at least I when I initially started doing this, I started doing it for the D, the DYC pulse that Mike and Kevin sent out to our builder partners. And I'm like, I feel like I'm wasting so much time right now. Like, cause it's 20 minutes of sitting on the couch during the day, typically or at night or in the morning. But I'm like, I could be doing something else, but I'm like, this is the most productive 20 minutes I could do solely focusing on this one task at a time. So screen mirror. And watch screen it. Mirror. Get, get so, in the loop. See me in 4k or 1080p. What? Whatever don't, yeah, the biggest, the big story there is just like G4 is here. Don't get too stressed, accept it, see the differences because you're going to be asked what the differences are. And, um, and if you are a level above just a coordinator, these are things you must need to have to know if you're, if you, if you want to stay in the know of what is happening in the, in the Google analytics. Yep. World. It's, you know, acceptance. It's the last stage of grief. So universal <laughs> analytics is gone. You know, we had mourning for it. We had a little denial. We're all wearing black. That's okay. Yeah, we yeah we're all wearing black. I've, I've, I found my DIC retro shirt. So there we go. Um, and now acceptance, it's here. UA is gone. See you later. That's, that's horrible. And that's it. So thank you for listening. Don't forget to become a member for free of DIC's all access community app for home builders and developers. Watch behind the scenes videos from the podcast, frequent exclusive postings and analysis from the DIC team access to private hangouts and more. See y'all. See ya. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof. <laughs>